0: I can't keep you long but I can push you away Well you look so smooth I just can't say no Until the world goodbye Could be hello well, ladies and gentlemen welcome to the Rebirth ...of the R&D Podcast. I am the R. Will Rab follow me on Twitter at Rab Will He is the D, the Landoz. Landon Doan on Twitter at Landos? Buddy, how you doing, man?
1: Uh, not too bad, good brother Rab. It has been, uh, I would say, a hot minute, but that would be a lie since we have decided to fire up the R&D Project again. I was looking at uh, the last time we dropped an episode... It hasn't been a full year, but God, were we close, March 19th of 2019. So once again, it is so nice to be joining you, the lovely listener, with my buddy, Will Rab as we bring you whatever the hell the R&D project is.
0: It's a chance for a couple of radio guys to be able to vet about stuff that doesn't really fit into the context of the shows that they do
1: oh though to be fair if you listen to my show locally uh, the phil show news talk 987 uh WOKI here in knoxville tennessee that really doesn't stop me from talking about whatever i want to whether it's you know has anything to do with the format but you know i'll probably have less talks with management in this aspect as opposed to you know my day job
0: yeah because there's no management here it's just two dudes riffing on stuff, but uh, we're glad to get the R&D project back started. We didn't intend to take a one-year hiatus, but sometimes uh, life happens, although it's kind of funny now. This is when we're getting it started back because Tennessee and Kentucky are fixing to play basketball, and of course, that was the night when they played at Rupp Arena last year, around this time in February. Uh, Both teams were much better, too. Uh, (laughs) But that was... The night of the birth of the poop steak. Oh, that's right.
1: I'd completely forgotten that it was the Kentucky game where that happened. Yes. Yes. uh, Where, oh man, you bringing that back. That is, that is like opening an old wound In, in my mind, just in slow motion. I see that steak rolling down the grill and going out of its way to touch everything on the way to the ground.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I've I've been back to the sovereign nation of Poland since, and so now I completely understand how that could have happened when you got the hot tub action going on and maybe an adult beverage or two. So, Four or five. I, you mm-hmm. know, stuff, life happens, man. But that's just kind of funny that it kind of ties into this time frame of bringing this back. So what we're looking to do here on the R&D Podcast is probably – Every other week, you're looking at an episode of the R and D podcast, and once we kind of get that cruising, if you're a pro wrestling fan, you may also be getting a full relaunch of Nearfall Radio. But for right now, uh, that will be the second half of the show here on the R and D uh, project podcast. Uh, we'll we'll talk about what's going on uh, elsewhere, and then we have a devoted uh, we have a devoted uh, wrestling segment as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. Devoted to wrestling coming at the end of this episode. So if you're not a fan of the sweet science of professional wrestling, we have something for you up front. Though I do promise, whether you're a fan of wrestling or not, by the time we drop our next episode, Will Rab and myself, we will have decided whether this is going to be called the R&D Podcast or the R&D Project, because
0: I think you and I, we've called it each five times in this first segment. It's so the R&D Project, <laughs> because it's it's dumb to call a podcast a podcast. It's the R&D thingamajig, y'all. Yeah. Available on the, in the this iTunes This is the high-quality content that keeps people coming back. So... Uh, Again, we try to record these episodes and not be too time specific so that if you, you know, become a fan and you go back and you listen to everything we've ever done, including the two kind of prequel uh, dry run episodes (laughs) we did last year, uh, that stuff makes sense. Uh, But recently, I don't want to say like last week because you may be listening to this again in March, but recently at the time of recording of this, uh, the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, uh,
1: wait, wait, wait! We, we have to call it the big game or the superb owl. I don't want us to be sued by the NFL out of the gate. Come
0: on, buddy. Hey, if we do comment, if we're doing commentary, this is a news platform. We are, we are discussing. Uh, you know, we're not trying to profiteer this yet. But okay. The, <laughs> the, the, hey, the, hey, Roger Goodell, game.
1: you you heard me, Roger Goodell? I tried, I tried. So send all them I'm letters a- to to Will Rapp. <laughs> Uh, yeah
0: come up in my dms nfl i don't care Uh, (laughs) it's
1: gonna be a sexy lawsuit the super
0: bowl just happened uh here recently of course congratulations to the uh kansas city chiefs wilford brimley has finally (laughs) won a super bowl
1: man what what an amazing parade that the state of kansas got to see
0: i know Can you believe someone who walks around with a waffle house menu on the sidelines, it was able to to guide perhaps the greatest offense uh, we've seen in the recent history of the NFL.
1: I mean, it's it's kind of crazy it, when, when you frame it that way. But at the same time, I think it's much easier when you have a player to Patrick Mahomes' ability on your side of the field. Because, I mean... That guy, especially his playoff run that he put together, starting with the massive comeback against the Houston Texans, the ugh, not so massive comeback against the Tennessee Titans, and then the, once again, comeback they had in the Super Bowl. I mean, Mahomes was playing out of this world. And I mean, yes, I I am an Andy Reid fan, and I was happy to see him finally get his ring that, for whatever reason, had just eluded him throughout his career by the way he was a hall of famer regardless of whether he won super bowl 54 but that's a whole nother conversation but man mahomes was just like he's a freaking video game man
0: so much it's, fun to watch it's so much fun to watch when it's not your team it's absolutely Ugh. so much fun to watch when it's not your team and so yeah. it wasn't it wasn't fun when it was the titans and i look i will i will mm. say this uh Landon i've talked about this at some point this will be a larger topic of conversation is how you fan. But we both agree there shouldn't be a lot of rules about how you fan. Just, you know, as long as you understand you're going to be ridiculed if you are an Alabama football fan, Duke basketball fan, Mm -hmm. wherever LeBron is fan, (laughs) and then a Yankees fan.
1: And a Yankees fan, Uh uh-huh. Though though I don't know, I I think the Dodgers might be getting some traction in that baseball category. The Dodgers? Yes, Dojers. <laughs> and Dojers.
0: So, yeah, you know, I have to be able to objectively give an opinion on the Tennessee Titans, but that doesn't keep me from wanting the local team to win every weekend because the more games the local team wins, the better. So that w- that was, you know, I-, I didn't feel it to your level, but I-, I felt some pain when the Titans weren't able to get the job done and go to the Super Bowl because how cool that would have been.
1: They were so close.
0: I know, too. It's crazy. I mean, obviously, the 24 point comeback against the Texans was amazing.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. I still can't Chiefs. believe it happened. And that that, that thing was like, it, as the time of recording, there's like, what, six weeks, two yeah. months ago? Um,
0: <laughs> 14 of those points were Bill O'Brien's fault, though. Well, oh, my uh, God. But, Bill O'Brien's so bad at his job. I'm um, so, but if you're a Titans fan, you need to be encouraged that he's bad at his job because eventually Mike Grable <laughs> will figure out how to beat him. Um, but to come back twice from down 10 in the mm-hmm. postseason is amazing. Run the ball, Kyle Shanahan. Um, oh, my God, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, Man. run the ball. It is it, it, it is interesting, though. And again, not to get too deep into sports because that's what I do Monday through Friday, 11 to noon Central Time on Off the Bench. The podcast is available uh, through your major podcast platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts. And you can also uh, search on Audio Boom. You can just look up W. At CDT radio and get that podcast um that's a good plug right there that was a good plug that's a that's a <laughs> nice professional segue I'm getting better at that we'll let you plug your stuff here in a minute uh, as well but I found it so interesting when you ask really smart NFL people and you say well hey shouldn't you know this team or that team done done this or that against the Chiefs and they say it's, you know it's just completely different to play them because they put this imminent pressure on you to feel like you need to score as many points as possible because they're virtually impossible to stop. So it was truly uh an a an amazing team to watch and congratulations to them. But I mean come on, Doss. That's my day job to break down the game. There's so much <laughs> other stuff that happens with the Super Bowl. Yeah,
1: let's talk about the
0: halftime show
1: that is totally yes.
0: destroying
1: America. People are faux, faux outraged It's seeing 50-year-old Jennifer Lopez and 43-year-old Shakira looking freaking amazing, but oh my God, the soccer moms across America were clutching them pearls and asking everybody around them, even if they weren't listening, would somebody please think of the children? And uh, in my day job, I did have to go through that outrage cycle where people were, for some reason upset at the Super Bowl halftime show that we got. Um, Rab, what are your thoughts on this? Because me personally, I don't have a problem with this. I thought it was a pretty okay Super Bowl halftime show. Is this Metallica? No. But at the same time, like, I didn't think Metallica was playing. So we knew what we were getting. Like, like the Super Bowl shows, they're a spectacle. You don't go and sit down to these Super Bowl halftime shows to watch a, you know, musical uh Opus or something. This isn't freaking Ying-Ve playing at the Budokan or whatever. This is, it's exactly what we got. It's a big pop music spectacle.
0: It, it is the NFL trying to reach as wide an audience as possible and create a spectacle and dr- draw people in who aren't necessarily interested in the game. That that's exactly. the whole that's mm-hmm. the whole thing with the Super Bowl, and, and it's something I've discussed a little bit as well on, on my show, and, and we'll get back to this in a second. That the Super Bowl is kind of a hard watch if you're a hardcore sports fan because most of the spectacle of the Super Bowl has nothing to do with the game. But as far as the halftime show went, look, I didn't think it was exceptional, but jennifer lopez and shakira aside from looking pretty which they both do and mm-hmm. like you said j-lo's 50 and shakira's 43 and
1: and here uh, i am i'm gonna be 35 in like two months and and i already feel like death warmed over yes. So thanks for they, wrecking the curve yeah, two,
0: two attractive women were dancing rhythmically to latin music latin pop music for 30 minutes which was better than watching Terry Bradshaw bumble and stumble his way through the 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 pre-game, halftime and postgame show. Uh so again, I'm not the target audience for the nope. Super Bowl halftime show. The last good Super Bowl halftime show which I only know because I went go back, I went back and watch it in retrospect because when your team's in the game, you can't Think about the halftime <laughs> show because you're trying to figure out how your team's going to win the Super Bowl. I Down get that. 10, hint, hint, uh, uh, Sean Payton with the uh, onside ambush kick, onside y'all. kick. <laughs> yep. Uh, which LSU, by the way, had practiced this year in case they needed it, which just shows Ooh. you how awesome LSU is. Um, so I'm not the target audience, but Prince was the last good halftime show. Uh, Bruno Mars was okay. Uh, I, you know it, what I'm I'm going to surprise myself. I'm going to go to bat and say Lady Gaga was the
1: last Lady, g- Lady good Gaga
0: halfti- no, no okay but, yeah but I'll, pr- actually, I'll actually I'll actually I'll actually get Lady Gaga was the last good one. Lady Gaga and and Prince are the last two good Super Bowl halftime but, shows. But
1: I mean Prince's halftime performance that that was the thing of legend. Like like if 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 it had to come out on the Monday after his Super Bowl halftime show and the NFL's like yeah we're never doing another Super Bowl halftime show because nothing will ever top that. I'd be like Okay, NFL. Yeah, I get that but, because I uh, mean, like, like, oh, just just thinking about it, him coming out playing "Purple Rain" by himself in a thunderstorm—just the hair on my arm is standing up. It's awesome.
0: Uh, I'm trying to remember what's the song where he. The, what's the song he opened with? And he and he comes up. He rises up. Oh, what was it? Uh, I
1: mean,
0: think of it. People of Earth, we are here to get ourselves through whatever. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, dearly beloved, we are gathered here to uh, get through this thing called life. Let's go crazy. That's Let's how go we open. That's what we open with. That Man. was so good.
0: Yes. I, in retrospect, and I almost did and Unfortunately, I almost didn't realize it because again, in two thousand nine, during the Super Bowl, I was just like freaking out. Oh my god, my team's the, the down same, ten at the half. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the Saints are down ten at the half. They're never going to get to another Super Bowl. Damn it. Um, and they haven't since because the NFL hates them.
1: Seriously, the NFL like 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 I'm not saying that the NFL has it out for the Saints, but God, they have gotten the baddest of beats when it comes to. They officially. have gotten
0: jobbed. Uh-huh. Uh, but the the Super Bowl halftime show doesn't necessarily appeal to me a lot anyway. There are elements, okay? So like Missy Elliott showed up a couple years ago no, and upstage Katy Perry, <laughs> uh, Beyonce upstage Coldplay, which.
1: I mean, to the shock of nobody.
0: Yeah, because Coldplay, Coldplay. sucks. I mean, Coldplay is like if, if you could make white people
1: music a thing and come to life. That's exactly what Coldplay is. That is that is it, the whitest white people to ever white people. You know, you know the problem ever. with
0: Coldplay is it's like if you take Dave Matthews Band and u two and dilute it in water. <laughs> but any okay, so I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. First of all, I'm not a prude. I'm a, I'm a grown-ass man. Yep. I'm 31 years old. Um, okay, Mike Gundy, settle down. Yeah. Now, my, uh, my niece and nephew weren't there because they have been hit by the flu bug. Oh, but no. even if they were there, I wouldn't have worried about it because I'm not their parent. And on top of that, I didn't think it was that risque. Okay, so Jayla was kind of spinning around on a stripper pole, but hey, she worked hard to learn how to do that for that movie she's in. So I would be pulling that trick back out of the bag. Um and there there was there wasn't nudity. It was a little bit risque, but that's what pop music is now. So how many Here's my real question. How many of these people who were offended by the Super Bowl halftime show ha- have taken their tweenage daughter to an Ariana Grande concert.
1: Mm, or a Maroon 5 concert. Because guess what? Last year's Super Bowl halftime show had way more nipples than this year's Super
0: Bowl halftime I, I just show don't did. Think, I just don't think stuff like this is worth getting worked up about. If you if you are offended by that, then like you really just need to turn it over to the Christian Broadcasting Channel. Like what did you what did you that's this is what pop music is in 2019 2020 is mm-hmm. and especially when you talk about two people who have latin heritage uh what Shakira's from Colombia JLo has Puerto Rican roots even though she was born in New York or New Jersey or She's whatever She's still
1: Jenny from the Bronx. Um she, she said so in that one song.
0: Yeah. Um, love don't cost a thing that's a a part of that culture is it's kind of sensual and sexual but I didn't think it was inappropriate I just I was mostly not interested in it because I couldn't I didn't know what half the songs they were performing are because I don't listen to J-Lo and Shakira regularly (laughs) and then Shakira did her imitation of the turtle man and and live action (laughs) and I was like okay what the heck was that so
1: yeah I I had to rewind it a couple times it's like did that really just happen? Which in the moment was hilarious, but apparently that uh, that has some Middle Eastern ties. Uh, Shakira has some Lebanese heritage, and apparently that was kind of a tip of a cap to that. So I thought that was kind of cool after the fact. But in the moment, I thought it was hilarious.
0: I don't think it's anything to be, like, scandalized Oh I, No, by. no,
1: absolutely not, no.
0: I mean, there, there's always people who are just always going to be offended so outraged
1: over everything and it was funny one of me uh one of my colleagues and I were talking about this perpetual outrage culture that it seems like we live in if you're outraged and upset about everything you really can't be outraged and upset about everything because not everything can bring you to outrage and I feel like Those people, and yes, I'm talking to you, if you're asking yourself, Self, is Landon talking about me right now? The answer is yes. The answer is I am absolutely talking about you living in the perpetual outrage culture. Settle down and choose your battles. And also, also, maybe abandon this whole fake outrage thing that seems to be the uh, rage these days.
0: I would also say this. Leave it to Beaver was fake. (laughs) <laughs> Leave it to Beaver and Andy Griffith for TV shows. <laughs> that was not a real depiction of the 1950s or whenever those shows came out, 1960s. So to act like we're going like to white bread everything and make it perfect, dude, you need to go like watch some Mad Men and some Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and see what life was really like then because wasn't perfect then either. So Yeah, we have in fact found out that the happy days weren't
1: all happy days.
0: No, so like I, I, I don't think I, I I don't think it was that big of a deal. I get if you slow it down and you freeze frame one moment out of a thirty minute halftime show, you can find it. You're a pervert. And, oh, wait, yeah. Sure,
1: never mind. Yeah, you were going somewhere else with that.
0: You can find something to be offended about, and yeah, Jennifer Lopez wasn't wearing a lot of clothes, but you know, so what?
1: To be fair, if I looked like her, I wouldn't wear a lot of clothes either.
0: No. <laughs> but i mean what did you, I don't understand what people would have wanted instead and, and don't give me this oh, we'll just go with some good music or just get somebody up there and and, and give garth Brooks a, a a guitar and a bar stool dude nobody wants to watch that i mean I, and I like garth you, Brooks oh okay I
1: i'm i'm again I'm gonna surprise myself I would actually be okay with a garth Brooks ha- or Super Bowl halftime show because again garth Brooks puts on a special spectacle when you go to his show so i think that would be fine but exactly this is what we have to expect as i said before this isn't some magnus opum where where somebody's gonna sit down and break out like all right we're gonna play classical gas on my plastic string guitar and and all this stuff no you're there to to you know get you from the end of the first half to the second half with some commercial breaks in between we got a spectacle and that's exactly what we should have
0: Expected. I'd say this, too. I'd be fine if there wasn't a Super Bowl halftime show. Like, I don't give a, a rat's behind, but yeah, I'm I'd not going to complain about I'd be fine with that, too. Anything.
1: But at the same time, I'm going to let you in on a secret. The NFL, it's a profit organization. So, yes. <laughs> so if they can find a place to mon- monetize a single second that wasn't previously monetized in their broadcast,
0: by God, they are. And you know what? But it's, but- I get it. Especially when the rumor was a few years ago, I think this was the year Katy Perry did the Super Bowl, that the NFL was making the the performers pay yes. instead of paying the performers. Katy Perry apparently That's the NFL so wanted like a million bucks or something like that. Several million bucks, maybe perhaps because of how valuable that airtime is. Uh, so, yeah, they are That's a profit nice. uh, organization. I want to shift gears here. Um, hey, you are listening to the R&D Project. Hey, I did it right hot dog hot dog we're
1: semi-professional podcasters ladies and gentlemen please don't try this at home
0: shift gears a little bit put a wrap on the whole super bowl thing uh you know of course the other thing everybody complains about oh well the the commercials aren't as good where are the budweiser frogs
1: (laughs) okay on the one hand i (laughs) would be cool to see them be brought back at least for one spot but on the flip side, if if they did break out the uh, the Budweiser frogs, we'd be hearing, "Oh, they're just getting lazy. How dare they recycle old ideas?" For, By the uh, way, uh, if you are curious, hold on. There it is. Yeah, in the background of me is Zoe, the official dog of the R and D project, with her purple bone. So I apologize.
0: Almost sounds like a Budweiser frog.
1: <laughs> Zoe, bring me a beer.
0: Wait, <laughs> you wait, you, you still haven't trained her to do that yet? Come on, man. Uh, uh, I, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Good girls. There we go. Ooh, there we go.
1: <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll keep her. I'll
0: say this. I, I think some years have been a little bit disappointing, and I'm not going to lie. I got very nervous when I heard that uh, Mike Bloomberg had bought a Super Bowl ad. Oh, my God. Because uh. my family is like died in the world, Trumpers, and the only ones who aren't are you wife. my wife and I. Yep. And I was like, and I also had heard, I think I heard this on like CBS this morning or something, because I'm an old person who watches CBS this morning, because <laughs> I don't care about the celebrity news on the Today Show, and I don't need my news read to me by Hoda Codby drinking a bottle of wine. No,
1: to be fair, I, I mean, like if, if I was a newscaster, I'd totally be Hoda.
0: Yes. <laughs> Spirit animal, 100%. Um, the point of the ad was to try to tick off Trump. And then so I was kind of relieved when all they talked about was gun control. Cause everybody just kind of ignored it and it wasn't as awkward as I thought, but I liked, I liked the commercials. I thought several of them were effective. Uh, the smart park, I think was probably oh, the, the most pack. effective, mm-hmm. the smart pot. And that's important. Like you can make a funny ad. And we know this from being in the business and hearing a gazillion of them. You can make a funny ad and it doesn't do you any good. Cause people don't relate it with your product.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, in the lead up to the big game, uh, me and my co-hosts and other people that I interact with on air, we we, uh, (laughs) do. Do you remember a couple of years ago when the kid was talking? It was the commercial with some little kid and dead kid. And then I died like for two weeks. Every time we talked about a commercial, I had to bring up what I called the dead kid insurance commercial.
0: Yeah. Can you tell me what insurance company that was? Nationwide is on your side.
1: Okay, apparently you remembered it better than I did because, for like, seriously, I I lost count how many times I said, quote, dead kid insurance on both uh, the Phil Show on News Talk 987 and the other podcasts that I'm on.
0: And I don't know if it did Nationwide any good. They're obviously not running the dead kid commercial anymore. They're having more luck with Peyton Phil. <laughs> and also J.K. Simmons. Yeah, well, nope. That's wait, farmers. no, that's farmer. And I just go to the local insurance agent down the street and uh, get whatever insurance he says is good and cheap. <laughs> Grange, by the way. Hey,
1: I used to have my uh, my car insurance through them. I still might. Good on Grange, by the way. This is not a paid paid endorsement, but Grange, we are open to endorsements.
0: <laughs> I think they're paying Mike Keith.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. He's he's probably better at this than we are.
0: He's much better at this than we are. <laughs> but I thought, I, look, those I, you, people's sense of what's funny changes. And being funny is really hard. It's even harder to be funny and be effective. The smart part was probably the most effective one. I think everybody liked the Bill Murray Jeep commercial as well. And the whole, was it? The whole like Procter and Gamble family coming together and busy Phillips trying to sell you face cream yeah, while the was, Charmin bear's wiping his ass. That was great.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, Oh. and it was. Uh, I'm, I'm Charmin fresh. I'm, yes. Like, like I've seen that commercial through daytime Those commercials, TV. those bears are creepy. They really are. Took the words out of my mouth. I do not need to hear a prepubescent bear child sing about how smooth his beehole hole is no thank you to quote Doctor,
0: to quote dr stephen t colbert and i forget his other endorsements the number one threat to america bears and not because they're going to eat you because they're going to steal your toilet paper exactly (laughs) and and if you're
1: much like myself i'm going to brag on myself I spend a little bit extra when it comes to the TP. If they come after the good stuff, hey, I, I, I will I will show them that I, too, have the right uh, to bear arms, as uh, in uh, I will yes. rip the arms off the bears and beat them to death with them.
0: There you go. And then you have a pair of bear arms.
1: Exactly. Bring it
0: on. <laughs> <laughs> I have bear arms, y'all. I, I, I default to letting the wife buy the toilet paper because the last time I bought the toilet paper, I got confused in the Dollar General. Because oh, there's a whole oh, no. aisle of toilet paper, and I came home with the John Wayne stuff that's rough and tough oh, and don't take crap no. off of nobody.
1: <laughs> it, and I think that's actually the slogan for it: "Don't take crap off of nobody." <laughs> so, so you were just, you know, uh, sanding yourself down, so to speak. Yikes!
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. So I, I, let the wife buy the, the the toilet paper, and when we go to when we make our our Saturday morning run to Aldi, I say, "Dear." We need toilet paper. You know what kind?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, please go do that thing you do. Yeah,
0: you know better than I do. I'm sorry. I, I I'm a cheap ass, and I buy the I buy I buy the cheapest or what I think is the middle of the road decent of everything.
1: I, no, no. I mean, I, I I respect you for being you know financially responsible, but TP ain't one of those things you can skimp on, dude.
0: I used to buy the 88-cent toilet paper from Kroger when I was in undergrad.
1: Oh, my God, you savage.
0: <laughs> like, sell plasma. Come on, dude. Dude, am I going to buy 88-cent toilet paper or am I going to buy a case of beer? Both. You sell plasma. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's one other thing I wanted to, to talk about overall. We kind of have our thoughts on the Super Bowl real quick. Actually I know the answer to this. No, the Super Bowl hasn't jumped the shark, but I will say this if you're a sports fan and you're interested in the game, which I'll be honest, I was just kind of sorta like th- there was no evil empire this year cuz like I if San Francisco won cool, whatever, they're they're okay. If Kansas City won, okay, then Patrick Mahomes is going to make some good State Farm ads next year. So they, you know. Uh, but it, it it is a tough watch if you were Interested more in the Hold world on hold championship on let me let me jump
1: football. in here. You said there was no evil empire in this game, referring, of course, to the New England Patriots. That's not completely true because Tom Brady had to drop his stupid commercial in the oh, middle of the Super Bowl, oh, making it all about him. Are you kidding me? I was so looking forward to having a Super Bowl Sunday where we didn't have to think about the Patriots. We didn't have to think about Tom Brady or, or Bill Belichick or, or their cheating ways. But no, there's Tom in a commercial commercial break, making it all about him. Like, like I remember years ago when Alex Rodriguez signed with the New York Yankees, and he made that signing and the announcement in the middle of a World Series game, and people killed him, in my opinion, rightfully so, for, ma- or for taking the spotlight off of a game for their World Championship and put it on himself. And guess what? Tom Brady did the exact same thing during Super Bowl Sunday, but I don't see people killing him for it. Like I don't get that.
0: Well, first of all, and I think he should kind of get killed for it a little bit. I don't think he was actually cuz that was an ad for Hulu, right? Like Hulu has live sports, Tom Brady yes. likes like Hulu. And, and that's
1: the thing Tom Brady announced he's coming back in Hulu. What what darkest uh, no, timeline no, no, or no. I, mean, I don't <laughs> think I think we
0: knew he was always I think we knew he was always coming back. I, the, I didn't I don't know if I'm more disappointed because it was an announcement or what he was doing or that he all, he all, you know, okie doked us into watching a Hulu ad. Because uh, he put the picture out on Instagram and it's like him leaving the stadium. Mm-hmm. That was a fake announcement. That was a work. And But I don't know what's worse because the whole, I said it, the whole like, you know, being mysterious tweet just be a man and say what you're doing like I ripped Tom Brady a new a new backside not that Tom Brady cares what I think <laughs> whatsoever because he's a eight bazillion time Super Bowl champion and he bangs G- Giselle Bundchen yeah so
1: things are going okay for Tam
0: yeah things are good for Tam. but I almost would have preferred that would have been like some mysterious tweet about his future than an ad for Hulu I don't think he was actually upstaging the game. I just didn't like the ag campaign. It, it, and that I didn't he, like the fact that us. he
1: was inserting himself back into Super Bowl Sunday when, guess what, his, he and his team didn't deserve the right to insert themselves into Super Bowl Sunday. Well, that's, that's just fair. my they, opinion.
0: Yeah, just thanks to Derrick Henry, they weren't in the game. Yes! <laughs> Pay the man his money.
1: Seriously, I don't, I don't get why this is so hard. You, you, pay you, Ryan
0: Tannehill too, just don't pay him as much.
1: Yeah, yeah, you franchise him, <laughs> and I'm then franchise. figure out yeah, what yeah. you're going to do for the future next year. Because the Titans are winning the Super Bowl next year.
0: Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> uh, shifting gears here completely to wrap up on the Super Bowl, it was mostly enjoyable, uh, thanks to frozen margaritas and bacon wrapped <laughs> shrimp. <laughs>
1: I didn't have frozen margaritas, but my mom came over and made her world famous best margaritas in the well, world. So oh, that works those
0: out. are those are really good. She made They're them. So she's good. I've had those before. Mm-hmm. You know, the wife the wife got a new uh, blender Ooh, from the Pampered okay. Chef people, and it's actually a cool blender because you can cook soup in it because it'll heat up and it, blend wait, the food. Um, what and it makes good margaritas too. You just don't heat them up. Uh, Soup so we margaritas? That mars.
1: sounds terrible.
0: Yeah, <laughs> boiling margaritas. That sounds like something in the bad place. Which again, uh-huh. I'm I can't believe the good place is over with, or is it? Because when are you listening to this show? I gotta I gotta bring I gotta bring up something else. And one of the things we try to do on this show is, you know, we are going to talk sports adjacent stuff, but not like get into the X's and O's because again, that's what I do Monday through Friday on OTB. <laughs> Hey, I snuck in another plug there. On there
1: that. you are, like a true professional.
0: Like, it, I, I, I I, do that better than Jr. does saying, hey, don't forget to buy some barbecue sauce. Um, <laughs> which I recently did an interview with good old Jr. so if you want to go hear that, we'll tell you how to go do that at the end of the show. Absolutely. Because it was a good interview.
1: Yeah, remind and, me to bring this back up when we get into our wrestling talk, because, I mean, at this point, you're practically an employee of AEW, right?
0: I, I talked to J- in in... in a four-day span. interviewed Tony Khan and Jim Ross. Oh my God, man! Hey, look if the if the if the peop, if the PR firm offers them, I'm gonna talk to them. Absolutely, so there you go. yes. Um, uh, but the other thing we also try to do, like we just want to have fun, and like us lecturing you about like our political beliefs probably isn't fun to you. And I want you to listen to the podcast and enjoy everything else and not skip it because you might not have the same political affiliation as mine. And it's just, you know, Landon and I caught the darkest timeline for a reason. We don't want to bring (laughs) that into this. But I need to go on a little bit of a rant.
1: Buckle up. We are here for the next 35 minutes. We're going to break down the socioeconomical uh, Middle East situation right here. You can. No, no, we're definitely not doing that.
0: No. (laughs) Look. I don't think I need to you could figure it out earlier because I said it was awkward about the Bloomberg thing that I don't like Trump and Landon doesn't either. And that's fine. And and we work alongside people every day who we don't agree with politically, but we can have decent conversations with about a bunch of other stuff. Yep. And so we're not going to interject that too much into the podcast. But I will say this, um, dude, I got to I got to get something off my chest that really kind of pisses me off. All right. The floor is yours, my bud. The Iowa caucus. Do you, do you have an idea where I'm going with this? Yep.
1: Hold on. I'm going to have to put my seatbelt on because I think this is going to be a rocky ride. <laughs> Let me be clear.
0: This is a this is completely nonpartisan. This is me wanting to do what's good for the country. Because this would be as just as big of a poop show if there were 817 Republicans trying to be president. And we were gathering in gymnasiums and rec centers and the former ECW arena, which was actually a bingo ECW, hall. ECW, the Iowa caucus is stupid. I think the—but uh, I'll take it a step further. I think the whole way we pick nominees is dumb. And the whole election system's dumb. And again, that's a nonpartisan take. I'm not just saying this. I'm not some bitter Joe Biden supporter, or I wasn't a bitter Bernie Sanders supporter last time that got screwed by the Clinton machine. And it's not because I'm not saying this because Hillary Clinton lost the popular or won the popular vote and isn't president. This is an analysis of. Let's see, I can go back to the 2000 elections, the one where I'm probably old enough to actually understand what was going on. Like, I remember Bill Clinton being reelected, but it not being old enough for it to mean anything to me. Our system is stupid. We need a better system. And it starts with getting rid of that stupid Iowa caucus. Now, look, Iowa. Let's have a heart to heart for a second. I don't want to just lump you in with all the other flyover states. I get it, man. You're proud of yourself. Like the heart of the Midwest, the Iowa Hawkeyes, the Iowa State Cyclones, home of current WWE tag team champion Seth Rollins. The field of dreams is in Iowa. I can have respect for the Midwest, I like corn. I was more of a limp biscuit fan, but please continue. You're an important the 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 Rust Belt, the Midwest is an important part of the fabric of this country. Like we wouldn't be able to, if you really think about all the stuff that you can do with agricultural products and besides just eat them, we'd be in trouble if we didn't have states like Iowa.
1: Oh, absolutely that that I will a one hundred percent amen you add. Like, because in a previous gig when I worked at Rural Radio, a channel mm-hmm. on Sirius XM, I paid attention to a lot of rural and agricultural stuff. Like, if it wasn't for Iowa and and states like that, God, I couldn't imagine what this state, or this, this we, nation, how the world look, would look like.
0: We all like monster trucks. We all like, we like state fairs and corn dogs.
1: Factually correct. I mean, where else are you going to get your cocaine mirrors?
0: Yeah. So, you know, I like you, Iowa. You don't need to have a large say in who's the president. Especially the first
1: say. Sorry. This this is your floor. Please continue. No,
0: you, you can chime in. Because here's <laughs> the thing. We make all this this big deal about Iowa, right? And I hate the presidential campaigns. I think they're too long, which means they cost too much money, which I think means we don't get necessarily great candidates. And I think it's st- like I think it's stupid that you know maybe if I was in Des Moines and I was an account executive and I knew they were going to spend 40 million dollars on campaign ads, but that we spend 40 or 50 million dollars running campaign ads in Iowa every 4 years, and there's 41 delegates that are awarded from iowa and what you need a thousand something you know better than i do you need like a thousand like 1200 or something like that to be able to get the nomination at the party uh convention or whatever wherever it is i don't know the
1: exact number but i do know it's more than 41.
0: it's it's like 12 it's like 12 or 1500 something it depends how many delegates are actually at the convention this year but it's in the thousands
1: Yes, like I said, more than
0: 41. The whole state of Iowa awards 41 delegates. Now, I think Pete Buttigieg won by like a half a ball hair over Bernie Sanders.
1: <laughs> yes, as of this recording, uh, Mayor Pete has, uh, I guess, edged uh, Bernie Sanders. So it is one uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, two Bernie Sanders. But it is a, like you said, a fraction of
0: they're like for, half, of not even fraction. half a percent
1: separating them. Yeah, though but, I do, th- I do think they're both going to end up with delegates coming out of Iowa. Yes, so that, once again, my, this is Iowa. This is, what
0: are you doing? This is my point, and actually, look, is what thing I like about primaries. I wish we do in the general election is proportional votes. So hmm, they're assigning okay. these delegates, and like, it doesn't matter if it's Tennessee, Maine, Iowa. South Carolina, Nevada, they all kind of get to make up their own rules, but basically if each state, like Iowa, has 41 delegates, they award them proportionally, and then some states will give the person who got the most, the highest percentage, get like a bonus delegate. You get a bonus point for actually winning.
1: Okay. That's that's interesting that you say you're you're pro that because I've I've seen a lot of people come out and say that they just do not like
0: that because uh, I like that for the general election because I can explain why I like it. Um, but we spent a year in Iowa and people spend millions of dollars campaigning and Pete Buttigieg, I think, got nine delegates for winning the primary and they spent a year there just because it's the first
1: and tens of millions of dollars like you've already said.
0: Yes. Yeah. Now look, I don't know if we can make this all work, but something tells me if we can all vote on the second Tuesday in November, which should and be I, a national holiday by the way. We should vote on we should vote on the first Saturday in November.
1: Ooh, um, ooh, I do like – well, I mean, I, that, that would mean nobody in the South would vote because, I mean, if you're not going to a wedding on a football Saturday in the SEC, you're definitely not going to vote on a football Saturday in the SEC. Come okay, on, so
0: maybe we don't need to vote November. Maybe we need to do it before football season. <laughs> exactly. Or maybe we need to get – you know, we could just have one polling place in Knoxville. We could just put all the voting booths in Neyland Stadium.
1: Ooh, that will definitely get some butts in seats for democracy.
0: There you go. But that aside, uh, if we can, and again, it involves the states and the states to report their their numbers in. It's not just one big federal conglomerate, but eventually we get it all figured out who the president's going to be. Can we just not have all 50 states vote on Super Tuesday or whatever? And then we know who the nominee is. Or at very, at the very least, like streamline this thing and not have it drag out, because like people announced their campaigns for twenty twenty and twenty nineteen, and spent a whole year kissing people's butt in Iowa. Again, res- hashtag respect to the corn farmer. <laughs> That children of the corn vote is very important, but do you like? You see where oh, I'm going here. We need to streamline I, this process.
1: I I a thousand percent agree with you, and unfortunately, this isn't the first time that the Iowa caucus has had a I'm gonna use the uh, Yes, if I was going to use the technical term, a snafu, a kerfuffle, if you will, because back in the 2012 election on the Republican side, again, I just like like I'm I'm naming this two winners. Yes, they named two winners. Uh, for the longest time, Mitt Romney was the runaway winner, and he moved on to New Hampshire because once again, you go from Iowa to New Hampshire to be the president. What the hell is going on? Anyway, while while Mitt Romney is on his way to New Hampshire, uh, I was like two weeks after the fact, also after the New Hampshire primary. Uh, yeah, Rick Santorum actually won.
0: Okay. Like, but let's wait, say, so what? we want to we want to get into the wrestling stuff here real quick. So let me just put a a, a bow on all this. <laughs> two things. Number one, Iowa shouldn't be first. Number two, they shouldn't have a caucus for something as important as president. Like I get it. Like I understand like the 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 birthplace of the caucus, and I think it still probably has merit. Like if we're talking about a like county election. And like the Knox County Republicans get together and caucus on who they think should run to be mayor. But we should have primaries for president. And if we can figure, look, you can figure out how to make an app do anything. So we could totally let people go vote in a primary and rank and let them pick like their top three candidates and then divide up the delegates accordingly. And Good. you do that in every state and you figure out how to streamline that process Again, I would be cool with this all went go vote like the, you know, March the 3rd or whatever Super Tuesday is where the majority of states do their primaries. That gives you time to certify all the votes, and then you can have the the conventions over the summer and the Democrats and the Republicans can slobber all over each other.
1: I love that idea. I really do, especially the aspect of all 50 states voting at the same time. That would fix the whole thing of, like, we're going to drop, you know, $50 million in Iowa over a one-month period just so we can try and get a head start out of the gate when it comes to primary season. Also, like, if if they're not going to go to full 50 states voting on Super Tuesday, how about you rotate it? It's like, I'm sorry, Iowa? y'all have lost in my opinion the ability to hold the first primaries because like this is this is too big of a thing to completely screw the pooch yep. on and this is this isn't the first time y'all have screwed the pooch when it comes to this this is only this is only the democracy of our entire nation like like lying in in you know, just hanging out there. And, and I was like, ah, whatever. OK, sure. Once again, we screwed up. We're Iowa. Come to Iowa where things screw up. And we have corn. Oh, and, and corn. And also, real quick, while we're talking about how broken our political system is, it's 2020. Can we get rid of the Electoral College? Like, like, I am so I was going there now disheartened as a voter in Tennessee who we're gonna be completely honest. My vote has never, ever, no, nope. ever, ever, ever counted when it comes to a presidential election. Because guess what? I'm voting blue in a deep red state.
0: Yep, yep. And I, that I was, is that I, is so disheartening. I, I was I was gonna get to that because I, I think again, you, you remember I said I liked the they divide up the delegates. It's not winner take all. Mm-hmm. In the primaries, like I still think the primaries should be like that. If you want to say you. If you want to give people, hey, you can rank, you can pick three candidates and you give a one, two, three. It's kind of like, look, we understand how this works because you and I are college football fans, right? So (laughs) um, people put in the top 25 poll and uh, in parentheses, they show you like the team who's ranked number one, they show you how many people voted in first place. But Mm -hmm. they do that ranking and they rank the teams one through 25 and there's a point system. Like if you just let people go in and like you could put, uh pete Buttigieg, number one bernie sanders number two elizabeth warren number three like if that was your top three preferences or mike bloomberg or whoever mm-hmm. or uh, papa smurf or ron funch's <laughs> the big show oh the A papa Kane, shango run care.
1: funch's uh ticket sounds great <laughs> <The Papa>
0: smurf, <laughs> I, I don't care if you're on the because that that is one of the things that's kind of interesting in the caucus system. Is you kind of get to give a preference. Mm-hmm. That that is true, and 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 I will agree with that. That
1: does add a new wrinkle, so to speak, uh, to the whole political system.
0: And then it, again, it's not winner take all because I didn't like winner take all in the general. So why would that be good in a primary? I would kind of do the same way we do the delegates uh, with the electoral college. And I think it would maybe make it fair. Like, I don't I don't think just like the straight popular votes good because obviously the places with more population are going to matter. I mean, so, I,
1: it, it, that, that will end up happening. But at the same time, I really don't see the drawback in that because by you saying that, does that mean that people that live in highly pop- populated areas, that their vote means less than, you know, if you lived out in in some rural county where uh, the chickens outnumbered the humans like like
0: two to one or something? I'm still just trying to figure out a way to make the candidates want to care about as many states as possible in both the primary process so that people will come to Tennessee and campaign. um, And also during the general election, because like you say, the state of Tennessee doesn't matter because... It doesn't matter if 51% of the state votes for a candidate or 99% of a state votes for a candidate. Whoever gets the most winner-take-all, you get however many electoral votes Tennessee has, and I apologize because I don't know how many electoral votes Tennessee has. But if you had the two candidates, right, and so let's let's just make this easy and there's some state out there that has 10 electoral votes, right? And so uh, let's say candidate A wins 51% of the vote. Then they get 51% of the Ooh. electoral vote. And if candidate B gets 48%, they get 48 And you make some minimum threshold hey. of you got to, you know, I think in Iowa, you have to have like 15% of the, the vote in the caucus to be viable. And if you're, you know, if it's a 10% threshold or whatever.
1: Unless you're Tom Steyer or Mike Bloomberg, then you can just buy your way into it. Yeah,
0: that's true. Um, and then like maybe each state has one extra vote and whoever actually wins the state gets like that bonus vote.
1: I actually really like that system.
0: I've thought hmm. about this for years. We used to sit... uh and shoot the bull in Louisiana. Me and the one of the other guys at the station, because we we talk politics off the air. We try to figure out how that was going to work. Uh, but you, you got to have some way to make more of the states matter. And I'm sure that no matter what system we come up with, I don't think you ever make all 50 states matter. Oh, but no. how? Let's be honest. How many matter in the primary process right now?
1: What What a handful, if that.
0: <laughs> I mean, once you get past super, t- if you do well in Iowa and then you do well in New Hampshire, and then you do well on Super South, Tuesday.
1: Yeah, on South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, past that, if, if you take care of business, quote-unquote, by the time Super Tuesday rolls around, if you did take care of business, you already have this locked up. And guess what? Because...
0: <laughs> because you have the the numbers are in your favor, and then we're having all these primaries anyway, and nobody bothers to come.
1: Exactly, because they um, already know that that the numbers are there, and it turns into so, like like if we want to go back to a sports analogy, analogy, this turns into a team that gets up to like a forty one to seven lead or whatever, and then it's like, all right, we're going to take our foot off the gas. And, and, and I do I do think
0: game. depending on who the candidates were, I think if it wasn't okay these are the the swing states, the purple states on the map, and we just have to flip, if there's 10 of them, we got to flip six of them in our favor. I think if it was more proportional, it would kind of depend on the candidate and where they think they could go that people would relate to them. And you probably would see some Democrats eventually come to Tennessee because there's some who I think believe could flip parts of Tennessee to get some votes. Alright folks, so as we promised every week, the R&D project is kind of amalgamation of uh, one, what's going on in the world that we want to riff on, and then two, uh, also the home to the Near Fall Radio segment, which is paying homage to the Near Fall Radio show, which may or may not return at some point, depending on what our schedules look like in life. Uh, but right now, especially since half of the Nearfall Radio team hates the WWE product so much they doesn't even watch it. You probably can't do a whole show on that. So when we come back, Dawes is going to hop into the driver's seat. We're going to talk about the sweet, sweet science of professional wrestling. First, though, ladies and gentlemen, the debut, Words of Wisdom, from Papa Ron Swanson.
1: Under my tutelage, you will grow from boys into men. From men into gladiators, and from gladiators into Swanson's. Capitalism, God's way of determining who is smart and who is poor. Crying, acceptable at funerals and the Grand Canyon. Rage, poise, property rights. Fish, for sport only, not for meat. Fish meat is practically a vegetable. Haircuts, there are three acceptable haircuts.
0: High and tight, crew cut, buzz cut. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail. And Samantha Monorail. Every Monday morning, along with our kids. Not always. But sometimes, we take you back to the happiest place on earth with news. Upcoming events. Sometimes rumors. And tasty treats. (laughs) Of course, tasty treats. We even occasionally help you plan your next trip to the Walt Disney World Resort.
1: Every episode, now including a Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes with Landon, the Dawes Dome. So listen and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. And enjoy the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the R&D Project. I am Landon Dome, the d of rnd project and i am joined as always by my co-host my uh tag team partner if you will and that's very appropriate for the segment we're entering into that would be will rab rab how cool is it once again for us to be behind the microphones talking about the sweet science of professional wrestling
0: absolutely fired up about it again maybe one day down the road there's a a full-on near fall radio maybe that's one of those things where this is a segment and then kind of like you know like uh back in the day, they usually just would tape Sunday Night Heat before Monday Night Raw or whatever, but when it was a big deal, Heat was live at the pay-per-view and you got yep. to see the one match before mm-hmm. the pay-per-view. I think that might be what's in the the destiny for Near Fall Radio. Um, it is to be that thing that every now and again, you get a special full edition of Near Fall Radio before a big pay-per-view or after a big pay-per-view. But I'm excited to talk uh, some professional wrestling because... For the first time in several years, thanks to AEW, I have fallen back in love mm. with pro wrestling on a trial basis.
1: See, that's interesting. I was about to say, yeah, we're on the road to WrestleMania. Sorry, I had to break out the Vince McMahon voice there for that one. But you're excited for wrestling due to the WWE's competition, which, even though Vince McMahon in a a conference call this week said he does not consider AEW competition. It's totally competition.
0: It it is because it's someone else who is putting on a product that uh, resonates with people and has a distribution channel. If you've ever listened to uh, Paul Heyman explain the science of professional wrestling, you basically need three things. You need talent, you need distribution, and you need money. And AEW has talent. I mean, we're talking about Cody Rhodes, which, come on, dude. Like, you can use your last name on TV. It's okay.
1: Um, Well, WWE's lawyers have made them kind of trepid to kind of go that way. And and I understand that, but it's like, I kind of love the fact that Cody is embracing just being straight-up Cody. He's showing he doesn't need the Rhodes' last name to be that big star. And plus... I also think if he was ju- just to straight-up dismiss his run as Cody, period, that would be dismissing a lot of amazing stuff he did on the indies just as Cody because WWE's lawyers are like, Hey, guess what? You can't do this. Yeah,
0: I, I think actually they have that. I-, I think they've cleared that up with WWE's lawyers. I think it's just more of what you say. He likes getting over as Cody. But Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, who is the goat. still the GOAT. Um... John Moxley, aka Dean Ambrose, oh aka God.
1: such good shit,
0: pal. The young bucks who I had known about because maybe even if I'm not watching wrestling, I'm aware of what's going on on in the indie world. Kenny Omega, who wasn't on my radar until he worked with Jericho, the uh, best in Japan.
1: bout machine. Yes, when he's he so wants good. to, nobody in the ring can touch Kenny Omega.
0: And and I mean, all these young talents, I know some of these guys have maybe had more experience, but I didn't know who they were until the AEW uh, universe, if you will. Uh, Hangman Adam Page, part Mm. of the elite, sort of, if you're following (laughs) along right now. They're going to try to figure that out. Uh, And uh, Darby Allen literally just trying to break himself in half. To win wrestling matches like talk and about a
1: star being made darby yes. allen is going to be a household name in the world of professional wrestling and and to jump into what you're talking about scu socal uncensored the very first ever aew tag mm-hmm. team champions uh Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus, like like him alone. That right there would get my butt in the door. Like I I I am a big fan much like you of what AEW is doing right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think Luchasaurus might be my 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 favorite collective uh right now. Sammy Guevara is going to be a star, dude. MJ MJF is going to be a star.
1: What do you mean gonna? MJF is the best heel in the business. He
0: is. I just want to tie all that together to make because we talk about the talent, the distribution. Obviously, now the multi-year deal on TNT. Yep. And the big thing is AEW is not going to TNT and buying. We assume now the second show is probably going to be an hour. They're not buying three hours of content. They may not necessarily be getting paid for it, but TNT's giving them money and saying, "Hey, this is the budget you need to pull off this in arena show." Will pay for that and will promote you. I mean, when Kevin Harlan's on the NBA on TNT. And he's and talking he's, about Chris in,
1: Jericho. Tune in on AEW. To, oh. Tune in on
0: AEW. Oh my God. You know, is John Moxley going to join the inner circle? Hint, hint, spoiler. He did not. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he stabbed a dude with car keys after a dude stabbed him with car keys. Seriously, AEW is so <laughs> awesome
0: right <now. laughs> Yeah. It, and it and it is because it's getting back to the roots of professional wrestling and that's part of what we talked I talked about with JR on on OTB is he would talk about this for years when he was kind of on that Hall of Famer schedule with the WWE and he was watching other product and saying, "Dude, just like get back to the basics. There's a good guy." There's a bad guy. This is why they don't like each other. This is what they're fighting for. We hope you enjoy watching them beat the hell out of each other.
1: Ring the bell and let's go.
0: Yep. Yep. And that's what AEW's doing. And I tell you this all the time in an off-air setting. I don't have three hours on Monday night to watch Raw. I don't have two hours on a Friday night to watch SmackDown. Another two hours for for NXT. I mean, if I was going to make time for a WWE product, it It would be be NXT. NXT. But I can go and I can watch AEW Dynamite even if I go watch it later because I recorded on the DVR. And it's two hours. It's action-packed. A lot of times they get to the main event and I'm like, holy crap, have I been watching this for an hour and a half already? But it's not laborious. And then if I want to watch Dark, I watch Dark. You put on uh, being the elite. That's fifteen minutes to get some storylines and watch mm-hmm. Adam Page be drunk. <laughs> and I can be caught up on that, and I can do that on an a- I can do that on a-, a Thursday or Friday afternoon when I just want to have some downtime before I go do a call a ball game. A- and that's what's perfect about AEW is it's not bloated. It doesn't feel like it's a pain to watch, and they're asking for a two hour commitment. Yeah,
1: and I will say here recently, the WWE product, even though it is a bloated monster to uh, devote your time to, and I, I have not devoted all my time to three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, one hour of NXT, but I have been catching some segments here in the last few weeks, and I will say the WWE product does seem to be better or on an upswing than it was prior to the Royal Rumble but as I said we are on the road to WrestleMania so if it's gonna get good well now's the damn time to do it but we'll talk about WWE here in a second I do want to pivot back to AEW and talking about how they're pushing the envelope they're they're doing stuff that the wwe is afraid of you just made reference in your interview with jim ross about how he was telling them it's like you guys need to do this but they're not listening and i think one of those things that like i I don't think jr pitched this exact angle and spot that we got on the most recent episode of aew dynamite it was the it was the main event segment it was mjf delivering his 10 lashes to cody and that is one of the stipulations that cody had to go through to get his match with mjf at the upcoming pay-per-view uh revolution uh february 29th on leap year so lethal leap year shout out to uh the wwe youtube channel because i love South southpaw regional wrestling anyway This seems to be a very divisive segment online. You either really love it or you really hate it. Rab, which camp do you fall into? Because this was a brutal
0: segment to watch. I think Bleacher Report in their Dynamite recap summed it up perfectly. This was the epitome of pro wrestling done right and the type of angle that was made for Cody and for Cody. Alone. They also said, with every crack of the belt across his back, fans wanted to rip MJF apart. They wanted to save their hero. Because Cody Rhodes is the face of this company. He comes mm-hmm. out at double or nothing and puts the the sledgehammer through the throne. And he <laughs> was one of the guys. It was Cody's idea to do the original all-out indie pay-per-view that was kind of... The precursor to All Elite.
1: It was the spark to, to what turned into it, All it, it Elite was, Wrestling. It was
0: It was the spark to All Elite. And he's the face of that company, and he's kind of the flag bearer, the flagship for, hey, there's all this good indie talent out there that the WWE either hasn't discovered or used wrong, and the fans absolutely love Cody. And you mentioned MJF's the best heel in the business. I thought this this angle, this feud, got off to a wonky start because I didn't think, and I don't necessarily think it's the performer's fault, but I didn't think they you did a good job of explaining why MJF hates Cody so much. But the feud has been so good that I can look past that. Clearly, we understand why Cody wants a piece of MJF. And I, I wish they would have explained better why MJF screwed Cody. Other than that's what MJF does. He will use you. But I, I did not have a problem at all with this segment. I, I don't have a problem at all with any wrestler, quite frankly, agreeing to do this. Because Tommy Dreamer took the C- Singapore game, not gimmicked up from the Sandman and ECW back in the day, and nobody put a gun to his head and made him do it. He thought that was what was best for business, but especially if the the EVP, one of the bosses of AEW wants to let a performer literally spank him, who cares? (laughs) Yeah,
1: right. I I I would be hard pressed to disagree with you, and I have seen a lot of people taking shots at Cody for taking what they consider unnecessary risks. I have no doubt that, I mean, like that was not a gimmicked leather strap. And by the way, I don't know how you gimmick a leather strap when it is just strap on flesh contact. Any way you cut it, that's gonna hurt. And and I've seen people give Cody grief for be like, why would you put yourself in that situation? It's weird on the flip side I hear so many people praise Vince McMahon and what he does and you know what I'll I'll give Vince credit here he will never tell a performer to do something that he himself wouldn't do and in a lot of instances he's the one that goes through the run through to see if it is feasible what's in his mind now this is back uh, like like probably 10 15 years ago it's always stuck out to me without a fault, everybody will say Vince McMahon will never make you do something that he wouldn't do. Well, on the flip side, Cody Rhodes literally just went out on national television and got the bejesus whipped out of him for 10, 15 minutes, yet everybody online is like, oh, he's taking an unnecessary risk. I don't get, to me, like, what I watched for that finale of AEW Dynamite, that was some of the most... Compelling television I have seen in a long time. I I figured it was going to end with you know the ten lashes like it did, but I could not take my eyes off of the screen. I was eating up. Every second of what TNT and AEW put out, the way they they twisted it, the way they built up the drama in between every lash, the way that the heels came out to see Cody get his, and then vice versa, the way Cody's friends and family came out to support him and get him through this, it was so compelling, And, and then, like, I've just talked about Cody in this segment. Shout out to MJF because his body language was second to none. You could tell exactly the emotion he was exuding from like from from the ring rope in front of him all the way to the very last row in the arena to us at home on television. Particularly when he finally did give that last lash, that 10th lash on Cody's chest. Nobody was expecting it. It almost like snuck out of nowhere like hell an rko out of nowhere shocked everybody it like like i can't believe that happened you saw mjf go from angry and hostile to disappointed because he wanted cody to break and say he wants no more which would then get mjf out of his match with cody to then being that dastardly piece of shit heel that he is taking cody to dick kick city bang right in the ring and then running out of running out of dodge like the like the dirty heel he is. That was like <sighs> I know we're only like what 5 maybe 6 weeks into this calendar year. That right there is my front runner for segment of the year. That was amazing television.
0: And I had friends who were in the arena in Huntsville. I I wasn't able to to be there. That life happens. It, the The atmosphere was great all night. I had friends saying they were, you know, how hot the crowd was, and and were sending me videos of the mm. of the last segment. And it, you're right, it was it was done really well. I guess some people, the one guy I got into it with on Twitter, which I get it, that's entertainment. I just decide to pick fights with people because which why which
1: not? which the guy that you went after, I'm I'm a fan of his work. I subscribed to his podcast in the past. I just happen to think. I don't agree with his opinion here.
0: Hey, look, the I mean, like, er, er, last night I was arguing with a, a wrestling fan. Monday I was literally telling Derek Mason, who played for the Titans, that he was stupid. Whoa, so,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Settle down. Don't we don't <laughs> be going after D-Mace.
0: <laughs> hey, he was saying that Sam, it was okay for San Francisco not to run the ball in the Super Bowl, and... No, it wasn't. Okay, yeah, D-Mace,
1: so, No, no, that's that's a bad. Uh, joke. Yeah,
0: man, he's bad. At, he, he's not a good radio host. I completely list quit cool. listening to the morning show in Nashville because I don't need to listen to the Derek Mason show. And Fair you name. shouldn't have fired uh, Nick Kale. Anyway, mm. uh, don't don't fire people. Uh, yes, in, particularly in my
1: employee or my employer. Don't fire people. <laughs>
0: This segment was, so, I mean, I guess some people have an objection, objection, the guy I was talking with last night thinks everything in wrestling should be worked. Well, you mentioned it, you can't gimmick that belt, so he's like, well, you just shouldn't do it at all, and the alternate scenario he presented, like, would be entertaining, like, I'm not gonna say I don't wanna watch Cody, I, I, would, I would eat up Cody versus Butcher Bunny and Blade in a handicap match, but... It doesn't make me want to pay, what's it going to be, $39.99 or whatever on pay per view? $59.99. Uh, does it make me want to pay $60 bucks to watch Cody beat the ever loving hell out of MJF? That segment, Wednesday night, makes me want to pay $60 bucks to watch Cody get his and beat the tar out of MJF.
1: I am literally frothing at the mouth waiting to give Comcast my 59.99 so I can watch Cody rip the head off of MJF and then take a dump down his throat. Like yes. after that segment on Wednesday, I cannot wait to see MJF get it- his. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, makes it a great great segment of professional wrestling.
0: And, and I think, too, because, and I guess some people could say, well, Cody, if you were going to go through all of this, don't you want, like, something to show for it in the end in a strap? But you and I are not strap marks. Nope. <laughs> that should tell you how much Cody's pride means to him, that he is going to get whipped on television ten times with a belt. Fighting a steel cage against Wardlow, which, Man, by the that way, big, that's the bastard. debut of Wardlow, right?
1: God, that like, like, I am so looking forward to seeing what that guy can <sighs> do in the ring. Because I mean, like, the aura he puts off—that is a bad son of a bitch—and
0: the first ever steel cage match in AEW history. How cool is that of on course, dynamite? Of
1: course, Cody's going to be doing the, the first steps when it comes to <laughs> <Yes>. AEW.
0: <laughs> that I mean, you book in the territory, baby. I get it. Retribution for being personally slighted is more important to cody rhodes than his pride because you let a god beat the crap out of you with a belt and more important than which credit to AEW cody rhodes says he wasn't going to challenge jericho conceivably they haven't figured out the way to weasel cody back into the <laughs> championship picture yet um that that you would go through all of this just to be able to beat the crap out of somebody. It's br- it's wonderful television. It compelling it's compelling because so it's good. like, it it's like so the Bleacher Report article said. Everybody in the Von Braun Center wanted to jump the barrier and save their hero. Oh, by
1: the way, speaking of, that was not indeed a fan that jumped MJF and Wardlow at the end. That was actually Kazarian, a, an AEW superstar, so a fan didn't jump MJF and Wardlow at the end. But I mean, like, it wouldn't have surprised me if a fan did jump MJF, because I mean, you're right, When when... When he kicked Cody in the dick, I mean, that place I thought was going to just collapse in on it itself trying to get to MJF. And everything you laid out that Cody's done, he's he's gotten 10 lashes legit to his back for AEW. He got one of the grossest looking like face cuts contusions that I've ever seen for AEW. He took one of the most brutal chair shots to the head unprotected for AEW. And oh by the way in between that he's bled buckets for AEW. So like the dedication Cody has shown to his baby in AEW so far and they haven't even been around for a year. Bravo man. Bravo freaking Abs- absolutely
0: o. bravo. And like I I get it. If you are kind of used to what we've seen from the WWE ever since, what, it was 2002, WCW? WCW? Went out of business. And their style and the WWE is PG and kid-friendly. And I think for the most part, like 90%, 80% maybe if I want to be careful uh, of what AEW does. I'd let my kid watch if if they were the age I thought was appropriate to watch wrestling and then you figure out how to not, you know, avert them from the other stuff. I'm not sure I would let a a, a 10-year-old watch Cody get the crap beat out of him
1: or Wednesday or night John Moxley trying to stab a dude in the eye with a with a car key.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> me a 31-year-old adult understanding it, what AEW's TV-14
1: Yes, it is TV fourteen.
0: It's TV fourteen. So like, and I think it's cool that like Turner's letting them say shit. Yeah, they can say shit a lot. I'm surprised. Like,
1: even though it is on cable, if like if it's like eight ten, here comes Hangman Page. It's time to do some cowboy shit. It's like, uh, oh yeah, it's cable. Still, it's weird to hear that at eight o'clock. But but I, I, I like that. By the way, we're saying shit on this podcast.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> whatever. It's a podcast. Um. I, I like that it's a rougher style, and again, I, it's not the second coming of WCW. I don't think it's probably ever going to get that big. Honestly, I, I hope
1: po- it isn't the second coming of WCW no. because, spoiler spoiler alert, it didn't end well for the first WCW. But
0: if you go back to your genesis of pro wrestling for you, because my genesis was the Attitude Era, Okay. Your genesis was watching the remember, Heart Foundation
1: curriculum. fight uh, demolition with my papa, like back in the day. Like that is, but hand also, to God, my first memory. So.
0: But also, you were a big NWA, Jim Crockett, WCW on TBS guy. Yeah, right?
1: I, I mean, I was paying attention, but if I had to put my loyalty in one of those camps back in the day, I was five. I was a Hulkamaniac, brother.
0: Okay, all right, but anyway, we both remember. Dude. We both remember that time, even if it's hey, we went back and watched the old, the old documentaries mm-hmm. and the Southern style of wrestling. The N.W.A., the Jim Crockett promotion, the Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, the Jerry Lawler C.W.A., (laughs) which was big in Huntsville, by the way, the Continental Association. The old territory days were very, very stiff Uh and edgy and physical. And again, it wasn't all this like I want to say it wasn't masterful, but it wasn't this intricate promo cutting storytelling. I mean, the hard times speech was about Ric Flair hurting Dusty Rhodes, and Dusty Rhodes had to kayfabe not wrestle for a while. He fought hard he times, was hurt. Daddy. And it was hard times, Daddy, because you sidelined me. Mm. That's what AEW's doing. That's why it's working. Everybody wants to see Chris Jericho get his because Chris Jericho tried to blind John Moxley.
1: He didn't try. He he, he half succeeded that bastard. Yeah.
0: You know what it and everybody wants to see MJF get his because he's an arrogant little prick and he's making Cody jump through all these hoops just to have a just to have a match with MJF because not just anybody's worthy of an MJF match.
1: And I want to see the next story of of Cody or Kenny Omega and Hangman Page and the Young Bucks because I'm going to be honest, I think the Young Bucks characters are kind of come across as dicks in AEW. Like I'm actually <laughs> cheering for Omega and Page whenever these teams meet.
0: Uh, yeah, I think I, I, I don't know, man. That's that's tough because I mean, who doesn't like a super kick party? And I the, mean, the, the super kick party money. is
1: fun, but it's like every time they talk on a mic, it's like, oh, Matt and Nick. I know I'm supposed to like you, but y'all are kind of coming across as douchers.
0: I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess if I probably had to pick, I do think it's more interesting for the brand for. Uh, cowboy and 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 omega to to have the belts or or scu to get them back i i got to give it to the young bucks because what the the company's been around for a year and, and, they, and they they've didn't make they didn't book the them, themselves. themselves exactly as the the first champs and they've mm-hmm. also actually kind of eaten a lot of
1: crap yeah they've eaten a lot of losses so i will give the young bucks credit in that but it's like the way their characters are on on screen i know i'm supposed to like them but they just Kind of come across as like arrogant douches.
0: Yeah, let's be honest. If I had to, if I had to pick other than Cowboy and Omega, the guys I want to see the the, the title on right now, even if maybe they don't deserve it, Jurassic Express. Yes,
1: yes. I just, I just want more and, Jurassic Express.
0: Uh, some combination of the best friends, because who doesn't want to see Orange Cassidy walking around with a belt?
1: Yeah, but 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 uh, OC Orange. Not, I'm Cassidy. not saying they. <laughs> I'm not
0: saying they deserve it. I'm just saying, like I would, I would take like the I would say one of those just because I think it would be entertaining before the young bucks. Oh,
1: it would absolutely be great, and and I would love for the best friends to get more traction because I think both of them are great in-ring uh, performers. Uh, they're a great tag team, and oh, by the way, on the outside you have the most over thing in all of all elite wrestling, Orange Freaking Cassidy.
0: Oh my gosh,
1: I love so that good. Guy. So amazing.
0: I could just watch him for two hours at the Jaguars practice field from being the elite, just like (laughs) drop-kicking tackling dummies.
1: I actually heard some notes uh, from the the behind-the-scenes shooting of that. If Orange Cassidy stayed out there any longer, they were actually going to name him the starting quarterback. So Nick Folds and both Gardner Minshew told him to get gone.
0: (laughs) Anyway, so we did have some WWE stuff we wanted to get to. Yes, real quick,
1: this is going to be our last... uh, uh I guess subject that, w- that we touch on because we are running long by the way, spoiler alert that's gonna be all those episodes um a couple weeks ago I know I, uh, we said we don't want to date this. A couple weeks ago, uh, WWE had one of their big four, the first big four of this calendar year, and that is the Royal Rumble, which starts the road to WrestleMania. If you're not a wrestling fan, the Royal Rumble is a 30-participant, over-the-top battle royal, meaning the only way you can eliminate an opponent is by throwing them over the top rope with both feet hitting the ground. So there are 30 people in this match, and the winner gets a gets a title shot, generally the main event at this year's WrestleMania.
0: And, and generally, most people's favorite match of the year, even though it is uh, yes. technically a gimmick match.
1: Absolutely. I, I have lost count of how many wrestling fans that I've talked to in my lifetime that, like, the internet's good for that, uh, that have said... Yeah, I haven't watched wrestling since last year's WrestleMania, but I'm re-upping my network subscription just so I can watch the Royal Rumble. Case and, in and point, if, me. That was me this year.
0: And, and if you're going to dive back in, the Rumble's a good place because even if you're kind of carrying over some 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 elements of your character or feuds or whatever, like The Fiend's going to keep being The Fiend or whatever, if, if they were to win uh, the Royal Rumble match, you're kind of hitting reset because that sets the stage for WrestleMania.
1: Absolutely. And uh, this is the time where I'm going to kind of pull the curtain back and uh, expose our real life. During the Royal Rumble, I was texting you, stop me if you've heard this before, but Vince McMahon fucked up the Rumble. You remember that? And
0: I said, why are you still watching it? And you said you were a glutton for punishment.
1: Okay. Everything I've just said, and you said, is, is 100% accurate, but it's like, (laughs) turn it off. Like I am so tired of the Brock Lesnar show. And I do think Brock Lesnar and, and we'll get into this in, in future episodes. We had a future WWE hall of famer say he considers Brock Lesnar, the best performer of all time. We don't have time to get into that. So that's why I'm Mm -hmm. saying we call that a tease in the business. Um, We'll get into Next that week. In, in, in a did at a different episode, but I am so sick of the Brock Lesnar show, and I hated the Rumble. But this is a mea culpa. I like looking back on this. I was a hundred percent wrong, and this is still somebody who is tired of the Brock Lesnar show. Who like I'll 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 give you a, a spoiler or a, a cliff notes version of the Rumble. Brock Lesnar current WWE Universal Champion enters at number one, proceeds to throw out the next 13, 14 people like it's nothing. And part of the reason I hated the Royal Rumble is because of some of the contestants that Brock Lesnar literally picked up like a toy and threw it out of the ring, particularly former WWE Champion Kofi Kingston. And I'm still not over the way WWE did Kofi dirty, dropping the title to Brock. But that, once again, another topic for another podcast but after Keith Lee entered which by the way Keith Lee is going to be the next big thing in professional wrestling Mark Tape you heard it here right now after he entered the Royal Rumble and then Brock actually started to get challenged then here comes Braun Strowman so there are three ginormous sons of bitches in the ring beating on each other and then here comes Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is being billed as the Scottish sociopath or whatever. Great in the ring, fantastic Great redemption look. story. Yes. Oh my god, the story that he had because I'm I'm so Another glad you show. mentioned this. Like like a decade ago, he came to the WWE and Vince McMahon stepped into the ring and said, "This is the chosen one, pal. He's the future." And then guess what? That didn't happen. That 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 totally did not happen. That blew up in his face. And good on Drew. He, instead of wallowing in his own sadness, he went out back on the indies, busted his ass, improved his craft, and he's at the top of the game. And guess what? WWE noticed that, brought him back, and now he is the Royal Rumble winner from this year, heading to probably main event WrestleMania against the Universal Champion Brock Lesnar, where he is going to beat Brock Lesnar I, like, WWE, WWE Universe, this is a 100% mea culpa. I apologize for saying that this Royal Rumble was bad. Even though the first half of it was the Brock Lesnar show, which I've already said, I am so over. I am tired of the Brock Lesnar rigmarole when he doesn't want to try, which, unfortunately, it seems like it's 90% of the time as opposed to the 10% where he does try. When he does try, he is must-see television. But... I just think it's interesting, at least for me, how I went from just very vehemently I hated the Royal Mm -hmm. Rumble to having some time now and seeing how it played out, which, by the way, wrestling fans, maybe we should, I don't know, hesitate on the instant reactions and let things play out. That would just be my suggestion to me. Maybe you want to adopt it to yourself, but it's like I am... I am so excited for this year's WrestleMania. Like, I, I never thought in a thousand years I would want to see a Drew McIntyre-Brock Lesnar main event. But after this year's Royal Rumble and the build they've done for it so far, I'm on board.
0: Well, let's just hope they don't fumble it at the goal line because the the sense I get, because I still, I don't, I don't watch the WWE product, but I'll talk to you about things or I'll listen to a... A, a podcast or an interview. Or rather, you yeah. hear
1: me, you rant yeah. yell when stuff goes wrong. <laughs> and it just
0: seems like people keep saying, we don't want A, B, and C. And Vince McMahon says, you're going to eat your vegetables. You're going to A, B, and C, pal. Uh, but Vince, we don't like broccoli. Well, I don't care. Eat broccoli. Damn it. This is broccoli mania. Yes, pretty much. And then also... <laughs> And I thought the the Wrestling Observer guys who do the Wrestling Observer radio show that I just happened to stumble upon riding to a basketball game the other day made a good point. The creative's just not good. Like, they oh, can find an angle. Oh my god! Like, they can find an angle. Okay, so this guy did something to that guy, and that's why they're going to fight. You know, because we got a pay-per-view Sunday, and so we need an angle because these two guys are going to fight. But they don't always tell good stories.
1: No, they really and don't. I mean, like...
0: That's what a e that's what AEW is doing so well, is they're telling stories you want to know about. You want to know why MJF hates Cody so much. We know why Cody wants his retribution. We still want to know why MJF screwed Cody. You want to know, is Christopher Daniels gonna join the Dark Order, and who's the leader of the Dark Order? Pretty much the only thing in AEW you don't care about is whatever the hell Brandy Rhodes is doing.
1: Because- uh, uh, hold on, let me get in here. Uh, this past episode where we saw Brandy come out during Cody's ten lashes, and apparently, according to uh, AEW Dark, the
0: Nightmare Collective might be done. Which oh well, that would that would be an improvement. Yeah, because- but I was just <laughs> saying over the last year when you've been looking at stuff that. Aew's been doing, yeah. Because you, the Nightmare,
1: mean, Nightmare Collective was was the drizzling ugh. shits. It was the yes. Worst. It was
0: it was it was not good. Uh,
1: to borrow but, a term from uh,
0: John Ralphio, the worst. It, hopefully, the WWE is getting back because they have perform. They have great talent. Oh my god, they have like, talent. Do they it, have. If, if you look at this roster, this
1: is the most yeah. talented roster WWE has ever. Had now that might be some of the whole mentality. We have to go out and sign literally everybody so they don't go to AEW. But at the same time, like from top to bottom, this roster is insanely
0: talented. It, yeah, it's just it's just what you do with it. It's and look, not creative, look. don't suck. Creative don't suck, and I get it. Like if if Edge finally, after all these years, got oh, medically you brought cleared up Edge! And, and wants to have a and wants to have a match, and Edge handpicked Randy Orton, if that's what happened behind the scenes, cool. But let's learn from some of our past mistakes over the last handful of years, and. Let's not make that the brunt of our programming, which I don't think they are right now. Obviously, they're building towards McIntyre and, and Lesnar. But let's flesh out some of these characters. Absolutely. And we don't really have time to go into specifics, but let's flesh out some of these characters, even ones who are over with people like right now. The ones who are over, let's tell good stories. Like it Alistair does, Black,
1: and, uh, apparently reports have come out. It came down to... Drew McIntyre and Alistair Black for winning the Royal Rumble, and if they had handled Alistair Black's bring up from NXT better and positioned him and framed him like the badass that he is, mm-hmm. oh my god, could you imagine Brock Lesnar versus Aleister Black at, at WrestleMania?
0: Or, or let me ask, this is a good question too because this was an example again on the the with the Wrestling Observer uh, show. Okay, so one of the hottest things in the WWE right now is Bray Wyatt being the fiend. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so the Dark Order's not quite on the same level, but they've kind of, ever since I said to you, hey, I'm just not digging all the occult stuff that AEW's doing, and you were like, hey, I think the Dark Order has some potential. Mm -hmm. They got that figured out. They tried to have Dark Order versus Young Bucks. Nobody wanted that, so now it's Dark Order versus Christopher Daniels and it's working, but they're telling they're telling stories. So tell me, you know, as we peel the onion back on the Dark Order, what if we peel the onion back on the fiend and we understand more of him? Like, that's just an example. I'm not saying like I'm demanding that or they're doing a, a, a bad job with Bray Wyatt. Obviously, they're not. He's very over right mm-hmm.
1: now. One one of the best things they're doing creatively. And it's like, I do but think...
0: But tell stories. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I do think that is something they're going to have to realize or figure out after Bray gets hit, or excuse me, The Fiend gets his first loss. Because, I mean, The the Fiend has been untouchable. He has been this Michael Myers. He's been Jason Voorhees. He has been Leatherface. He is this monster that you can drive the, you know screwdriver into the brainstem but guess what as soon as you look away he sits back up and he comes and just completely wrecks you and and this is something that wwe is going to have to realize how they're going to handle because they can't let the fiend keep going forever undefeated otherwise this turns into the the reign of terror back at the you know 2003 2004 where all the heels just kick the shit out of all the faces Uh all the time
0: well, if you if you do it well and you conceive it well, I do think the idea of you mentioned the Michael Myers Jason Voorhees type thing where they're down but never out. Okay, maybe Bray Wyatt disappears for a while. He loses. We think the fiend is buried. It's some sort it needs to be some sort of very extreme physical match that someone overcomes him in the cast of supernatural
1: comes back together to bury Bray Wyatt.
0: (laughs) You do a casket match or you do a, I don't know. You do some sort of extreme match and then the fiend disappears and it doesn't have to be for long, but the fiend disappears for like six weeks. And then out of nowhere he comes back. I would honestly
1: say longer. Like like if a character is going to disappear, let him stay gone until when he comes back. It's going to be one of those moments where you have to get online and talk to all of your friends about. Oh my God, did you just see the fiend show up? But we're we're varying into uh, fantasy booking, so I am going to. Um Pull the brakes so to speak, mm-hmm. because otherwise we'd be here for hours. So uh yes. Rab, I think this has been a pretty pretty good uh rebirth of the R project. So uh before I give my plugs, why don't you give you some
0: plugs for the lovely listeners? Absolutely. You can check me out on Twitter at Rab Will, either arguing with celebrities, uh <laughs> way above my weight class or occasionally saying something and intelligent about sports. You can also check out Off the Bench Monday through Friday, 11 and noon Central Time at WCDT. Look that up on TuneIn or check out the podcast, uh, WCDT Radio on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to that. You can also look it up on Audio Boom, and it's on the WCDT social media channels as well, which if you just search for WCDT, you'll find it because we're the only one. Uh, so there you go. If you want to hear me talk about sports in a semi-intelligent fashion, uh, you can do that every day, Monday through Friday.
1: And he's good at talking semi-intelligently.
0: As you've seen for the last hour and 47 minutes. Yeah,
1: exactly. This has been going on way too Getting long. Yeah, by the way, I just censored myself. That's neat. Uh, follow me on Twitter, L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me, Landon not I'm the best, Landon do not the rest. That's where you can follow me, 280 characters at a time. I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com, butt chips. Sit on your butt munch. Uh, that's where you can find, I guess, the now... Uh, most up-to-date episode of the RD Project. I would also invite you to uh, subscribe to it in the iTunes store. Be sure to search RD Project uh, and leave us a review and subscribe. Remember, five stars or GTFO. I'm also on the Phil Show on News Talk 987 W-O-K-I, radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, but streaming worldwide at news talk987.com. Also available in the iTunes and Google Play Store. Just search the Phil Show, News Talk987.com, and also one more plug. Every week, every Monday morning, as a matter of fact, the Monday morning monorail leaves the station. And that is your most up-to-date news on the Walt Disney World Resort. Everything that's going on right there. And oh, by the way, I have a full-blown segment where fun stuff always happens. So uh, Rab, anything else on the way out?
0: Peace love and chicken grease
1: all right with that i am landon doan he is will rab we thank you for joining us once again on the r&d project you've been great we've been the r&d project stay classy
0: I could get us PSAs if we need them just to kill space too because I have that at work. Um, wow, that's that's so nice do, of you. Don't do opioids.
1: Okay, all right. well, damn it! I wish you told me that before we started recording. That ah, Jesus. All right, don't do opioids. All right, are you I, ready? I, I I said do all the opioids. So my, my bad. Yeah, we're ready.